Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. Dear Damsels, I'm in my mid-20s and I am really going through it. My life is not where I thought it would be. Everything was going smoothly. Job, relationship, social life, until my boyfriend of five years, who I thought was going to propose to me soon, broke up with me. I have never been someone who's dealt with mental health issues, so this is very unfamiliar territory for me. Please help. Honestly, any advice that you have, I'm all ears. Love, I'm unstable and I know it. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. There's some damsels in the DM. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them, yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I just took over your spot, Lauren. Yeah, hell Take yeah. over. Take <laughs> over. We're here for it. <laughs> I'm Osh. And I'm Alejandro. Yay, new roles. I'm the boss. <laughs> How are you both doing today? Amazing. I went yeah. to a book signing yesterday for John Waters. He published a book recently uh, called Liar Mouth. It's a new novel. It's hilarious i've only gone through a few pages i'm still i just got it yesterday so still have to read but the event had ginger minge who's a really popular drag queen from RuPaul's drag race obviously had a career long before then but it was such a great conversation and so exciting to be around people who love books oh my god lauren how are you I'm good. I'm feeling a little run down. I have been saying yes to everything, which I think like in a career path is good because I think in the entertainment industry, you do have to hustle a little bit and like not pass on opportunities. I think it's hard. And I want to hear from both of you guys, because like there is such a balance between hustling in this career and also taking time for yourself and taking time for your mental health. Um, I had yesterday, like this whole day planned. I was going to take a bath. I was going to catch up on shows and I was like really excited, not during the day, but like at night. Um, and then I got asked to go to a screening and I was like, this could be a really good opportunity for me. And I don't want to say no. And I called Brian because I was like kind of leaning towards passing on the opportunity. And Brian was like, no, you need to go. Like you have to go. Like you, you don't get to take that day for yourself. Um, and I went and it was great, but today, you know, I feel like a little under the weather, not COVID. I think it's allergies. I was explaining to Osh. I think I have like late onset allergies in life because I've never had allergies in my life, but anyway, so yeah, I think that I'm just like finding this balance between hustling and being on top of my career, but also like making sure that I take time for myself. And I think it's really hard 
in a career that has to be totally self-motivated. There's no boss, you know, you're not, you're not hustling for Well, you are hustling for a paycheck, but not one that comes like monthly that you're expecting, you know, but yeah, I guess I want to hear from both of you guys and what your thoughts are. I respect a lot of things about you, many, many things about you. But the one thing that I respect the most is that you are a hustler and you do everything that you can to make sure that you're like, you're doing everything for your career. But that is also very concerning because you are not taking time for yourself. Like I, yeah, yeah. You go work out and you're, you know, that's good for your physical health and and your physical health is great, but your mental health is only as good as, you know, as what you make it. And, and I feel like I want to see more of you taking those baths and watching movies and like lighting up your candles and just having a me day. And honestly, it is okay to pass up on events because for me, I've gone through the mental struggle as of many people, especially in this industry. And one thing that I'll always, always, always put ahead of everything is my mental health, because if my mental health is not okay, my physical, physical health is not okay. And then my career tanks and I struggle all around. Like mental health is the number one thing that like controls everything else. So I do want to say that Brian, I'm going to disagree and you should take you know, you feel, feel it out and feel out how your body feels and how your mind feels. And if you feel like you have to call someone to be like, do you think I should go to this when I said that I was going to do one day out of how many months that you take a day for yourself? You don't, you really don't, not for like mental health purposes. You should prioritize that. And I want to see you prioritize that. And I am here to give you all the resources and all of the meditation practices and anything that you need to make sure that you prioritize that as much as you prioritize your career and your physical health. That being said, like, I think that my mental health is actually in a great place. And I probably should have prefaced this, that I think it's actually (laughs) physical health that's suffering um, because like I have been pretty go, 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 because like there are things that I prioritize and meditation, exercise, therapy, like those are things that are non-negotiables, non-negotiables for me that I have to do every day. And the other weird thing about me is that like, I really thrive on being busy. Like I am actually in a worse spot mentally if I have more time to think about myself. And I think we talked about this on a recent episode that like I was working on being in silence and like being okay, listening to all of the thoughts in my head, which I think like is something that we all can benefit from. I don't know how much I've talked about this, but like, as some of you guys know, I went to Quaker school and at Quaker school, every Wednesday, we used to sit in silence for 45 minutes in what's called meeting for worship. Um, And back then, like, People used to take naps and meeting for worship. You would only speak like if the spirit has moved you. And I think that like, I didn't really appreciate it back then, but now I do like have a more of an appreciation for silence and allowing yourself to just like take time and sit and listen. Because I think that like, even in a podcast and it's interesting, like we're always so quick to talk and like jump in, you know, like how much are we really just like sitting and listening? So like, Ash, it's interesting what you're saying, because I think that there's a balance, right? Like in, in what we're saying. And I think like part of it is like the days that I am taking to like sit and, you know, take time for myself, like 
they're not always the ones that I'm broadcasting on social media, right? Like it's more the times that we are going out and we're doing these career things that are the things that we broadcast. Like I'm not one to show that like I went for a hike on Sunday and I read a book. Um, and also like I was at a wedding and like had a grand old time all weekend that I brought Ernie to and like party crash. So like, I don't want to sit here and like act like everything I'm doing is for my career. And like, I'm just like so unbalanced because I'm doing all of that. I think that like, maybe that's something that we need to do more is like showing the timeouts that we take on social media. Well, I don't think we need to. I definitely don't think we need to show any of that on social media. I just think that you do, you do, and I've said this before, you do a really good job at balancing your career and your social life too, because you are someone who can do both. But it is also important to like, because it is, so mental health is related to physical health. And if you're not taking time for yourself, if you're always go, 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 you're going to end up, your body is going to end up crashing. Um, so I, I do want to see more. Not When I say I want to see more of that, I don't mean on social media. I don't care about social media like that. I mean, from you as a, like, as me as a friend, like, I want to see you taking more time to be like, hey, Ash, like, I did this today. You don't even have to tell me, but I just, I know how you are. Like, I know that career and social, like, you're very good at those two and other things as well. But I want to see more of you being like, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, I think it's also important to, you know, when we're manifesting or like kind of like expressing either to the universe or whatever, what exactly we want to show up to, we do have to show up, mm. you know, and because like once those opportunities are presented, it's like, okay, well, what do we do with that? Like we, we have to like honor those opportunities that are given to us to, you know, be our fun, vibrant selves in the environments that we kind of claimed for ourselves before it even was presented. Mm-hmm. However, I totally agree with you, uh, Ash, where it's like, it is totally necessary to follow whether it's the gut or the heart or whatever. Like if there's a voice inside that's saying like, "Mm, I don't know if I have it in me, it's better to listen to that than to try and push yourself. Because, you know, the risk I think would be you show up, you feel like 50%, your attitude is different, your energy is going to be wavering. And then you're really not giving 100% to the connections that you're trying to make. And then what kind of impact does that leave on the other people that you're trying to leave a lasting impression on? So it's like a dance on eggshells, honestly. It feels like to where it's like, you know, paying attention to how we feel, paying attention to what our bodies are saying. And again, showing up to what we asked to be presented to us. I, I Like, for example, the John Waters um, book release event um, that I went to yesterday, it was just last week I was talking to a friend and I was just like, you know, I really am struggling to find events that are pertaining to books, pertaining to authors, pertaining to, you know, people who just love words. And this opportunity presented itself through Instagram. So I'm like totally a victim of like Instagram ads, whatever I was sucked in, but I'm fine with it because it totally was like, okay, like this is what I asked for. This is kind of fucking cool. And this is someone that I respect and would love to hear from directly about the work that they are creating. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't like a huge networking opportunity, but it was an opportunity to celebrate what I love. And that made it even more special. And I didn't have to go with anybody. I just went by myself and just did my thing. And I got out of it what I needed, which was this like heartwarming feeling of, just joy of, again, being around people who love books, people who share interests that I share, and people who respect this person who has been creating Mm -hmm. and collaborating with admirable figures in the industry for so many years. So 
Yeah, it's um, really interesting. But one thing that I've been doing that I've found really useful is when I'm at home, when I'm kind of like doing day-to-day stuff on the computer, either for my nine to five or other responsibilities that I have, listening to uh, mindful podca- mindfulness podcasts, there is one particular person, I can't remember the name now, but she has like albums full of uh, tracks that are just guiding voices for uh, mindfulness meditations. And it is such a great way to like fill the brain with like positive affirmations and with calming energies, calming thoughts that help ground me, but also, you know, help me stay focused and like just present and appreciative of everything that's going on. Um, And I think it's different than listening to a podcast or listening to like a, a music album of whoever during like, you know, those hours that we have in front of the computer, because it's just, it helps me tap into like myself in a deeper way rather than hearing a bunch of chatter which is kind of what we're doing now which sorry whatever (laughs) you're like oh that's the podcast (laughs) but it's it's very useful you know just searching mindfulness and that's it and seeing what pops up and then just going with that because that consciousness or that awareness of what's going on inside of us and around us and like being connected on those different levels I think helps us make smarter decisions about how we're showing up for ourselves and where we decide to go. And our energy is very precious. I think that Mm -hmm. we should be very careful about where we go, who we connect with and how we go about it. Because it's like, you know, if we spend all of our energy, you know, exercising, going here and there and everywhere, you know, we're running the risk of kind of what you're talking about, Lauren, where it's like you're feeling spent. And then it's like, you have no other time to give to yourself. Uh, when you're trying to do for everyone else so but speaking of routines and rituals and all of that I'm curious because I am very obsessed with everyone's routines I feel like I ask everyone exactly what their morning routine is and like to for them to like walk me through their mornings because for me I have a very regular rigorous morning routine and I felt I feel if I miss If I keep missing like one or two things in my routine, that really affects my mental health because that's how dependent I am on it, which is ridiculous, but that's just how it is. So I'm curious as to if you guys have any routines or non-negotiables in your mornings that you have or evenings um, that are just non-negotiables that you need to do for yourself. I want to be like transparent about routines because like since I've gotten a dog, my morning routine has shifted a lot. Mm. And I think about it like that is tenfold more when you have kids. There's a blogger who I really like called Savan Isla and she posted a video doing her morning routine. And like, you know, most bloggers are like, I drink my coffee, then we do meditation, then I journal, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, there are elements of that. But she was like, I wake up, I go tend to my first kid. Then I go find my second kid and like help them while my husband goes and walks the dogs. And it was just like very honest because like, I would love to sit here and say like, every morning I get up and it's perfect and I get my eight hours, but it just doesn't always look like that. No, no, it doesn't. 
I for sure meditate every day. I definitely do my morning pages. I try to exercise every day. Um, I drink half a green juice, but sometimes it's in a red cup, you know, a solo cup and I'm walking Ernie and I'm also picking up his poop and I forgot to bring poop bags. So I'm picking up his poop with a leaf while holding my green juice in a red cup in one hand. Damn. Okay. So cute guys, you know, and I just want to be honest about that. But like, yeah, I am hitting those things. Um, And also scheduling out social media for the podcast and things like that. Um, So yeah, and I do think that those 100% help me. I feel more awake when I meditate. I feel more present with other people. Um, The journaling is something that's actually like hard to get me to do. Like I don't, it's probably like the last thing that I get to of the morning, but I always feel better like after having completed it. And I also realized that like, on weekends, I was not doing the routine as much. Like I was skipping meditation. I was skipping the morning pages. It was like a thing reserved for the weeks, but then I would feel way more anxious on weekends, even though I was socializing. Um, And I actually think it was because of the socializing, because I would say that like my anxiety comes from two things and it's work and drinking. Um, And I would say more the day after drinking than it is like through work. And I realized that like, if I am going to be in these environments where we're socializing and we're drinking, then what's important is that I need to keep up with the routine um, because I have to have an outlet for my anxiety and not to go on about this too much, but I mentioned, I think to you guys that I went to a screening of this film called Chasing the Present um, by James Sebastiano. And it's a really interesting film that's all about finding his journey with anxiety. Um, And he had a really hard life. He went through a lot of really difficult things. um, And he traveled a lot to try to find ways of coping with his anxiety. And the moderator after the film asked them like, so how do you guys still do with routines? Like, are there things that you still get to every day? And they were like, yeah, you know what? I go in phases. Like sometimes I'm great with my yoga. Sometimes I'm great with my meditation. Um, But Sometimes I go through a phase where I'm not really, but what's important is that I've developed the techniques to handle my anxiety, whether I get to my routines or not. And I think that like, I'm in a place with my life where I'm still somewhat dependent on the routine and somewhat dependent on my meditation. But when you listen to meditation, they also talk about like, one of the goals of meditation is to be able to carry over what you learn from meditation into your life. Um, so having that presence that you have within meditation, being able to assert situations with a calm attitude instead of jumping on it and um, like getting into a tense moment. So I think like what I'm working on is how can I develop what the routine gives me into my lifelong habits and into my daily mindset? I love that. I love how real you are about your routine because that's what I want. Like I, I see influencers all the time, like being like, and then I do my green juice and then I do this and I do that. I'm like, do you actually hit all of these things? Do you actually get out of bed at 5.00 AM and like do all of these things, but then you're also filming all these things. Like, I don't know how realistic it is, but I really do want to see more influencers and people out there like showing their realistic morning routines. And I follow this girl um she's an influencer and she is known for like doing really great morning routines and then she just got a dog and she's like my morning routine is just now changed like it it's what it's basically like what you're saying about Ernie and your morning routine now um but it's really important for me to learn that you shouldn't be dependent 
on your morning routine for your mental health. Like, yeah, it's a great added bonus and benefit and will take you a long way, but it shouldn't be that if I miss one thing on my list, I'm anxious because I've missed that one thing. I compare it to uh, an experience that I had at the gym earlier this week where like I knew what I wanted to do. I knew which body parts I wanted to hit. And I had an idea of which exercises or reps I wanted to run through. But I got bored within like the first 15 minutes. And I was just like, I'm either ready to leave or I need to figure out something because like me sticking to this routine in the gym ain't gonna cut it for me today. I was really like ready to walk out after like 15 minutes on the treadmill. But then I was like, it's okay to be flexible. It's okay to utilize the tools that I am aware of. You know, I was, I knew, like I said, I knew which body parts I wanted to hit, but I also know I was like, let me just try something new. And then as long as I was able to commit to just at least spending like a chunk of time and like changing it up to, you know, whatever different exercises that I was able to hit within that time frame, it was okay. I, I kind of like relinquished that marriage to the routine of that day. And I allowed myself to just have fun with it. And I think that that flexibility is really important for me because I'm not a morning person. Um, I really admire both of your dedications to the morning pages because oh I would use what? Not a morning person. I do morning pages. <laughs> be happening at eleven or twelve. I am. Not Wait, Lauren sent a very funny message in where. Um, in our um, other group that we were like writing a show and we were trying to coordinate our schedules and whatever. And I want to get to it because she was so freaking funny. Oh yeah. So we're like, it's early in the morning, right? This is like conversation that's happening between six and seven in the morning about scheduling. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was three of us and Lauren was not like, she wasn't responding, but that's (laughs) fine. I, I, I think I, at six in the morning, I was like, Friday is good for me. And then someone else hopped on the other girl were, hopped on. And then, um, Lauren comes on at nine 15. She goes, you guys are some real morning people. <laughs> she was like, I don't like to be spoken to before 9am. I know that's right. Oh my God. Like without eight hours and also like the Lauren that you guys are getting to today is a Lauren without eight hours of sleep and that's how I know that I'm not that I'm not physically well today um because I need eight hours I am not a good person without eight hours of sleep and like with all of these things that I've been going to um and doing I have not been getting to bed at a time that I would like so I have been like staying up until like 1, one fifteen, and therefore to get my necessary eight hours, it like slows the morning down, you know, yeah. but today that wasn't possible. I had to get up. Um, so I didn't get my eight hours. And that is like a number one anxiety trigger for me is not having enough sleep. Um, and, and like, it's interesting because for me, it's to the point where like, Yesterday, I spilled a Starbucks coffee that was in my refrigerator, right? And went all over the floor. I had gotten eight hours of sleep. I exercised. I meditated, did all the things. When the coffee spilled, I was like, oh, just a little spilled coffee. Wipe it up. Not a, not a big deal. Had that coffee spilled on Monday or today where I was not eight hours of sleep, much busier, it would not have been the same reaction to that coffee spilling. Mm. Um, because I know that like, with all of these techniques, like they do allow me to respond in a calmer way 
to all of the challenges that happen in life. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, how can I keep this calm attitude and presence without being dependent on all of these techniques that we know are useful? All right, guys, before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash believe. Again, that's noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. I think the techniques is the process to get you there. Yeah. I really feel like that without the technique or without these like things that you're doing, you're not going to get there. I think I was listening to the Andrew Huberman episode on Skinny Confidential and they were talking about um, doing cold showers and how important that is because it teaches you to stay calm in situations where that are painful or uncomfortable and just like you're freaking out, but like to stay calm through it. Um, Cool. Have you taken cold showers since listening to this? So I used to do it during COVID, like 2020, when I was like, you know, like on my stuff, like routine, this, that. It was like a whole creative boot camp for like two weeks. And then I, I, and then that fizzled out. Um, And I'm very scared of cold showers. I've been trying, I've been meaning to, I've put it into my little list of things to do in the morning, like part of my routine. And I've been avoiding it like the plague. I'm like, I will not jump into a cold shower because I know how uncomfortable it is. Like it's, it's, it's just your body. It's like, it's stressful. And it like gives me so much anxiety just thinking about it. So I'm like, I'm going to just hold that part off. Maybe I don't need that, but it would be really beneficial, but I'm just not ready for that yet. But to my point, it is the process that will get you to that, you know, just by doing that cold shower will get you to that. So when you do have an uncomfortable situation, you know how to deal with it calmly. That reminds me, Alejandro, of what you were saying about approaching events and like if you're going to agree to go to an event or something like to make sure that you can be totally 100% about it, because I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I am a scaredy cat like I I am not a thrill seeker. I like things like skiing. I like hiking, but I need to be pushed into things. Like, I don't know if I ever told you the story about the first time I tried CrossFit and I wailed in the car before Brian and I went in. Like, I was like, I don't want to do it. They're running around the block. Why are they running around the block? Whoa. To go skydiving in New Zealand, Brian really wanted me to do it. He had to bribe me with a bag. Like I need to be pushed into things that are out of my comfort zone, um, including going to networking events by myself, which I've been doing. But Brian, like the reason that Brian pushed me in to go to the other event is because I can be a scaredy cat, like whiny baby. 
about doing things that make me uncomfortable. And sometimes I personally do need a little push to do things mm. I want to do. Um, and I don't think that that's right for everybody. And I agree. Like if it's, if it's like, you really do need to be taking time, but some of these things, like they're not actually like that taxing on the body, like, um, and the benefit will outweigh the discomfort you have of doing it, if that makes sense. So I do think there's a balance in like, one, respecting our mental health and respecting when we do know that we absolutely need a break. And if you're like me, also respecting when you know it's just something out of your comfort zone um, that you're too afraid to do. Because at least for me, like there's a balance there. And like, I cannot be, I can let myself off the hook for things that I'm afraid of. Hmm. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I find that I love going to stuff by myself because it kind of forces me. I like the challenge. I like the opportunity to kind of prove to myself that I can do it on my own, that I can, you know, just like show up, share whatever positive energy I can and make someone feel good in the process and make the most out of the experience. I mean, I'm the same as Lauren. I'm terrified. I cannot go to things by myself. Like I can go eat lunch by myself. I will never go eat dinner by myself. I don't know where the logic is. Going out to lunch by myself, I'm good now. At first, I couldn't do that. Um, I still will never be able, or I cannot go to movies by myself. Um, Going out to dinner by myself, like at an actual sit-down restaurant, no thank you. Um, And especially networking events by myself, I would probably wail in the car before too. No, I remember like there was, I feel like, there have been times where I have invited or like I've thought about inviting. And then like the other part of me is just like, well, sometimes, you know, when you go to events, it's almost like you don't want to pull the weight of someone else who isn't going to like be as into it as you are. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's almost better in those cases to just like go on your own, which is yeah. why like, you know, I find it so useful. Just talking to the person that you brought to. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I have gotten much better at it and I like it now. I think that there are some times where I actually benefit more from having gone alone. Um, And I do like being alone. So I definitely have gone out to dinner by myself. I've gone to screenings by myself, things like that, that don't bother me. But like, there are situations that I definitely need to push to do. Sometimes it feels better than the actual act of doing that thing, just to know that you can push yourself to your limits that scare you. Mm. Well said. Touche. <laughs> well, before we get into the letter, I do want to know if you guys have any like tips or resources for because this is, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, for our listeners out there, like any tips that you have um for for like to calm okay, so let's say you're having you're in a bout of anxiety. Um, just any tips that you have in the moment to do to kind of immediately ground you and to calm you down. I focus on my breath, my breathing. I, I, I really try and like focus on how I'm using my diaphragm, how like my, yeah, I, I just like really, it's, I think it's a simple thing that can be focused on, but I think because it's something that I have control over and that I can make do with, I think that's like the easiest and quickest way to just check in with myself in that moment 
and kind of clear the cobwebs of whatever anxiety I might be feeling or stress that might be bubbling about a certain circumstance. Yeah, focus on breath is that's that's my go-to. I have five. Oh, meditate. Sure. All right. <laughs> Nap. Journal. Go outside. Laugh. Okay. Go outside. I love, I love the go outside one. Yeah. I, yeah. Take I love the laughing one too. No, honestly, like, you know how sometimes you'll be in an exercise class and they'll be like, smile, like you might feel stupid, but do it. You actually always do feel better when you smile. And I think that laughter and smiling and going outside, the reason I put those in, because I think they take you out of your head and put you into the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like when I was at the gym the other day, as I was going on the treadmill, I was just like, oh, my, my face just felt like it was just like sagging and just like, oh, I was just like kind of like slumping or whatever. And then I was like, let me smile while I'm running. And I almost felt like I got a good cheek workout. So mm, well, your cheek sounds look really nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think it's strategically paced makeup today, but. <laughs> um, for me, I would say the breathing thing really works for me as well. Just take a couple of deep breaths. Um, and then one that I started doing a couple of years ago was, um, think of like three things you can touch, three things you can smell, um, three things you can see. And then that distracts me from whatever my mind is focused on. Sounds really useful. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get into the letter and, um, Alejandro, would you care to be our letter reader? I think, I feel Yo. like you should just always be our designated letter reader. All right. Let's do it. So we have, dear damsels, sorry if this is long. I'm in my mid-20s and I am really going through it. My life is not where I thought it would be. Everything was going smoothly. Job, relationship, social life, until my boyfriend of five years, who I thought was going to propose to me soon, broke up with me. He wanted to find himself and focus on his career and on himself. He claimed that the relationship was a distraction. It's been a month since he moved out of our apartment and I'm still devastated. I can't focus on my work. I don't feel like going out with my friends. I don't even feel like leaving my bed. Life has been pretty dark since then and I am so ready to get out of this funk and live my life again for me. The problem is, where do I even start? I have never been someone who's dealt with mental health issues, so this is very unfamiliar territory for me. Please help. Honestly, any advice that you have, I'm all ears. Love, I'm unstable and I know it. Whoa. Who? You know the song, I'm sexy and I know it. Yeah. I'm unstable and I know it. <laughs> like the dark one. <laughs> um, ooh, well, I mean, I have been a lot of really bad breakups that I was in a really dark place for. So I, I mean, I can't relate to having it been after five years, but I can relate to having been in a really dark place after a breakup. And I think a lot of the advice I would give you is similar to what we were doing to deal with anxiety, which is like, try to get out of your own head as much as possible. Sometimes our head, like our thoughts are the darkest place that we can be in. Like we create it but if you get out into the world and you can take that in it's so much lighter and fresher and there's people who are there to support you and I think it also just forces you to realize the world is so much bigger than everything that's happening in your own heads and there's so much more out there for you than this one relationship I don't really believe in soulmates because I think that 
in life, humans are very adaptable. And I think we can adapt to a lot of different people. So I think that this is just really an opportunity and a gift for you that this person gave you to get back into the world and find somebody who really allows you to be your truest version of yourself. Because I mean, the fact that they're five years in, and he's saying that the relationship was a distraction, like, you think you could have thought of this at like your first two years, like, I mean, at this point, like, I just don't think that it's a distraction. And if he thinks that your relationship is a distraction, then like, then it's just not the relationship for you. And it's time for you to move on. I don't know if you're on the dating apps, if it feels too soon to do that, then just focus on your friendships and just ask for help. Like, honestly, I think people are sometimes afraid to just like ask to make plans with people, but you should just ask to go to lunch, ask to go to dinner, ask to go to a workout class, whatever it is that you feel like doing, just ask for company. And I think you'll be much better for it. It sounds like also like a little bit of a misalignment in terms of like maybe self-awareness. Cause I feel like, you know, if the partner wanted to focus on career and find himself and blah 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 and if this person if the letter writer hasn't dealt with mental health issues in the past and it being completely unfamiliar territory it sounds like it might be just like a case of like someone who is really in tune matched with someone who might not be super in tune with the self or like mental health so you know it kind of is unfortunate, but it, it would make sense that like one person is like on a different path while this letter writer is just shocked or in a, a state of dismay to the point where like there's total confusion about what to do or how to move forward. Because like, I mean, obviously the listeners can't see what the letter says or how it's said, but devastated is in all caps. So it's like, it's a very emotional response mm. to something that I feel like, you know, five years is a really long time, like you were saying. So it's like there had to have been some sort of indications that like things weren't going as smoothly as maybe this letter writer may have conveyed in the beginning in terms of job and relationships and social life. But, huh. I, I think wonder, regardless yeah. of like how that relationship was going and the telltale signs, if you ever are in this situation, because, you know, I've been there where you can't really see the red flags, like you truly cannot see red flags. And in your head, you're thinking everything is going well. And you will only see the red flags once you're out of the relationship. And now there's it's too late. There's nothing you can do about it. But I think in this case, it's um, the you know, the fact that you're still struggling a month after he's moved out, it shows that like this really was like some like a huge deal for you. Um, and the fact that you can't get out of bed and you don't want to go to social events and you don't even want to work out or like do anything for you go to work, that's a that's a really dark place to be in. Um, but what's great is that you're writing a letter to us and that yeah. you are also you self aware to the point where you know that what's going on and you know that you want to get out of it and you are seeking out help. I think seeking out help is the number one thing that you can do for yourself because a lot of people will try to figure out on their own, but it never works out or not. It never works out. It some, you know, usually it doesn't pan out. Um, but I think like immediate things that you can start doing is I've been in a really bad funk before. And two things that made me feel 
so happy and like kind of appreciated life again were um, going for a walk. So like Lauren said, you know, go outside, um, put some headphones in, listen to a podcast. That is my way of being happy. Uh, Listen to our podcast. And then the other thing is things like going to, if you are in a city where you can go to the beach or go to nature or even going to a farmer's market. That makes me so happy. I didn't go to a farmer. I have known, I love farmer's markets. I live for them, but I did not go to a, I didn't set foot in a farmer's market for six months because mentally for the last six months, I haven't been there. And now finally, like, I'm like, okay, it's time to get out of this funk and let's, you know, let's go to farm. I went to a farmer's market on Sunday and I still am glowing from it. And yes, your joy and happiness shouldn't come from external factors, but it's something that can kind of push you to that path to start feeling like yourself again and get motivated to get out of bed. And then another thing, my last thing is read Atomic Habits by James Clear, because that was something that really pushed me out of my funk. Hell yes. I love that you ended with digging into a book because I was going to add as well. Just dig into someone else's voice, you know, yeah. dig into some other characters. Don't, I, I, I almost want to say don't start like watching a movie or like dig into a Netflix series because I feel like with a book, at least you have your imagination to rely on to be able to like create the narrative or to create the scenes that you're picking up from the pages. And I think that's so liberating to like just you know, enjoy yourself and mm-hmm. this intimate moment that you're having with the author. Cause I don't know, I think that could be really useful and it doesn't have to be fiction. It could be nonfiction too, but just to, again, take yourself outside of yourself and, you know, appreciate another perspective. I think that's really therapeutic. Yeah. I also just want to validate that. I think it's very normal that you haven't had major mental health problems up until now, because I think like when you get to your mid twenties, things become a lot more serious. You're independent now. Um, you don't have other people to rely on as much and you have to make your own decisions. Things are a lot more serious. Um, if you didn't have like any childhood trauma, I think that it's like very normal that it would start to hit you now. So I don't think that you need to feel like this is this catastrophic thing because we all have mental health problems. It just hits some of us earlier based on like things that happen in our life, our lives. And I just think that there's no shame in getting a therapist. As you know, we all love therapy on this podcast. And I think that was a great time to start. And I think like in our culture, a lot of times it is like a big event that happens to us that forces us to get into therapy. But I promise that it'll have lifelong benefits beyond this breakup. Agreed. Agreed. Please write to us with any mental health um, issues you may be having. It's Mental Health Awareness Month, as Osh said. And we are here to answer any letters, questions, comments, concerns you have about content of the episodes that you need addressed in your lives or that you would like to hear us talk about. And I think something we should consider and maybe you might find useful, dear listeners, maybe we should have like a voicemail style submission where instead of typing something out, they can just submit a voice recording of whatever's on their mind. It might be smoother and easier. And I don't know how we do that, but let us know. I don't that. either. But if <laughs> listeners know, drop a comment and share with us your favorite technique of doing that. I don't know. <laughs> Well, this has been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time.
It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. <laughs> DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.